0: Good morning, church. Today is our last Sunday together before 2019. So it is the perfect opportunity for us to reflect on the the previous year, the year that just passed. I don't know for you, but for me, this year was really intense. Um, um, We don't know um, each other a lot, but let me tell you, this year, I... um, I transitioned from a pastoral role in my local church, the local church I grew up in, to a national youth worker working for youth conferences, youth pastors' um, retreat leadership, taking care of all the pastors in Quebec in our um, in our family church, and it was a lot of draw, a lot of work, traveling everywhere, praying for people, preaching, and eventually. Handing up here. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm, uh, I'm so glad for this, um, this question. Julie, what, what are you the most thankful for this year? For me, without a shadow of a doubt, is moving here. I am blessed to be part of your family. I'm blessed to work here, to um, work every day for the Church of God. And you're my family. And I'm blessed to share the word with you today. Ah, cool. So today, I want to talk to you about the keys for a victorious year. A victorious 2019. The word is victorious. If you want to take notes, this is the only word I want you to take. Victorious. Okay? So we're going to, I want you all today to enter 2019 victorious, ready, and consecrated. To have your best year yet, led by God, and seeing His goodness every day. Isn't it what we all want? Yes. So today I want to look at a passage in Judges, and it's the story of Gideon. Not how he was victorious and led the people of Israel to victory, but how he started. Because today, on the 30th of December, we are preparing for our year. We are preparing for our victory. We are preparing for what God has prepared for us. So let's all start as Gideon and learn from him. Yes? So let's read in Judges 6, starting at verse 11. I'm going to give you the time to turn into your Bibles. Ready? So... Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the end of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel for the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm in the, la- the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. So Gideon is um, hiding wheat from the Midianites. He's under the you know, working and making sure no one sees him. But the Lord, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, You mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. But what did he answer? And today we're going to look at this passage and singling out three things that stopped Gideon from victory for a short time, but it could have stopped him for a long time too if the story hasn't continued, you know, so today I want to talk to you about the three things that can stop you from victory in 2019, and good news, we still have two days to make sure we start the year well, cool, so today it's not a sermon, it's not um, pointing fingers at you, I'm pointing fingers to myself too, saying I want to be aware of these three things that could stop me, and I want to make sure it doesn't stop me. Great? Right? So the first thing, the first answer that Gideon says comes out of a spirit of bitterness. He says, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why, why then has all this happened to, to us? And I don't know how this year went for you, but I'm pretty sure all of us could have experiences that could lead us to bitterness. It could be a, single, a small thing, like someone not talking to you. It could be a big thing, like an um, argument with someone. But Gideon complains that the Lord has abandoned them as the Lord himself stands before him. When the Lord comes to you and talks to you saying, Julie, this year I want you to do this. You're a woman of valor. I want to um, work with you with that. What is your first response? Yeah, but where were you when this happened? All of us could do that, you know, all of us. But this comes from a spirit of bitterness. And in Hebrews, um, the author of their letter to Hebrews says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That's in Hebrews 12, 15. We're talking about a root of bitterness. Starting by a single seed, a small thing that can grow, that is alive, that can have roots, and that could bear fruit. And when it bears fruit, it affects others around you too. You know, it could be as simple as, oh, have you talked to this person lately? And you could go like, and they know, they know there's something with you and this person because it comes out from a root of bitterness. And this, the same bitterness causes Gideon to be blinded. And not even, like the Lord is right in front of him saying, the Lord is with you. And he's like, oh, the Lord is not with me. He's abandoned me. Where was the Lord? The Lord is right here. He's standing in front of you. He's standing in front of you saying, this is the amazing things I want to do with you this year. This is my vision for you. This is your best year. This is how I want you to live your best life. Our answer should not be, but where were you in this Okay? So today we have two days before 2019 to make sure no root of bitterness comes in the way of the Lord's vision for us this year. But it doesn't stop there. Gideon has lots of answers for the Lord. So let's read. The Lord, tell, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel for the hand, from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he says, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's heart. Oh, Sorry. I wasn't reading good du, du, du. <laughs> yeah, no, a good thing. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a good thing. Sorry. Second thing, second point, excuses. Gideon has a lot of excuses for him, for, to say, to explain how the Lord could not use, the, use him. It's like, it's like looking God in the eye, saying, oh, you don't know me. Like he knows you. Oh, my family is the weakest, the smallest, insignificant family in Israel. What could I do? You know, like my family is nothing. I'm the least of the least family in Israel. What could you possibly do with me? How many of us can relate today? When the Lord is with you, he's in front of you saying, I am with you, I'm, I'm sending you, I am with you every step of the way, we have lots of excuses too. Oh, but um, this person is so much better than me. You could find, Lord, don't you know every family in Israel? Thank you. Ah, it's making my day. Um, I was, oh, yes. So it's like saying to the Lord, but don't you know every family in Israel? There's, surely there's someone bigger, stronger, richer, that has more experience, that could do the job far better than me. But the Lord is coming to see Gideon in his weakness, in him hiding from the Midianites, shaking, hiding goods. And he's like, the Lord is with you. You will conquer, you will save Israel like one man. And he's like, oh, I'm so small. I'm so weak. There's so many good reasons for me not to do it. Today, again, we have two days to prepare for 2019. And we have two days to look at at ourselves in the mirror saying, the Lord has chosen me. The Lord has called me and I'm going to answer. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what he asks of me because I believe that he knows what's best for me. And I'm choosing my best life by saying yes to the Lord today. Second, excuses. What are you trying to hide behind your excuses? Most of the time, excuses are laziness in disguise. Oh, uh, why should I do it? Yeah, do you really want to do it? You know, there's this Proverbs. I, I don't have it here, but there's this proverb saying, oh, there's a lion in the street. I will not come out of my house. Saying like, oh, what if I came out of my house? What if there was one lion that would go against me? In the whole world, you know, there's a lot of excuses. And most of the time, these excuses makes us stay home and do nothing. Yeah. And this year, God has a victorious year for you. Victorious? Victorious year for you. A a year where you see God in everything you touch, in your family, in your workplace. You see people coming to the Lord. You see the church growing. This is the year the Lord has for us. Yes. And, And we have to get out of our comfort zone and do the things the Lord asks us to do. So no excuses. And you know what? Your excuses have zero credibility before God. Because he knows you. Like, he wouldn't ask you to do it if he didn't think you could do it. He knows you. He created you. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And he gives you the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and gives you the, the strength to do it. So no excuses today for the, for the next two days. Look at everything that could stop you from doing what, what the Lord asks you to do. Okay? That's a homework for you. You come home and you're like, Lord, what causes bitterness in my heart? What was the situation I could have avoided this year that didn't, you know, that causes me more pain than good? You just do your homework and you give it all to the Lord. And then you go, what do you want me to do, Lord? And what prevents me from doing it? What, what scares me? What, what is in the way of me doing what you ask of me? And you just give it to the Lord. He's stronger than your fears. And he is stronger than your excuses. Third thing, verse 17 No, 16. The Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. The Lord is patient with Gideon. And he was very patient with him during his whole story. You know, with the cloth and all the signs that Gideon kept asking for. This is not a good example to follow. It's just just the testimony of God's patience for us. You know? The Lord could have said, after the first answer, Gideon saying like, oh, the Lord is not with us. He's forsaken us. The angel of the Lord could have done, oh, okay, and go. (laughs) He didn't. He said, no, I'm with you. I'm telling you I'm with you. Yeah, but I'm not good. Yeah, but I'm telling you. He's patient. He perseveres. He just keeps telling you the same thing. I believe in you. You can do it. If I ask it of you, it's because I believe you can do it. Hmm? So the Lord is patient. Thank you, Lord, for your patience towards us. Sometimes we can be stubborn with the Lord. And Gideon said to him, "If now, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speaks with me. You need a sign? You have the angel of the Lord right in front of you, and you need a sign? Come on. What's that? What's that all about? The Lord is talking to you saying, this is what I want you to do. I am with you. I believe in you. And it's like, oh, I need a sign. <laughs> Who here had the angel of the Lord come into your room saying new stuff? Come on. He has like, he had his sign. And sometimes the third thing that could stop us from victory is doubt. We're just not sure. Is it the right thing? Is it me? Is it my flesh? This is a pretty big task the Lord asks of me. Is it because I'm too pride and I want fame? Is it, you know, is it because I want to do what the others are doing? Oh, that's doubt. And you know what? Doubt is the enemy's first weapon. In the Garden of Eden, the enemy didn't need anything more than just a, but what if? Did he really say that? Did he really say that you would die if you would eat this fruit? That's doubt. That's the enemy playing with you, saying, oh, no, the Lord couldn't ask you to do that. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I believe he is with me. And I, without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm going to read you one of my favorite verse that helped me in my life. In James 1.6, you can open with me. James 1, six. The victory is impossible to those who doubt. Because if you're running to victory, you're running with your, your sword, doing what you need to do, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, am I doing the right thing? Yes. Ah, <gasps> oh, but wait a minute. You're never going to go across the battlefield if you stop every second asking, am I doing the right thing? So James 1.6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And I want to talk to you about this image that helped me in my life. Because my, my mom used to call me that, and yeah. It helped me. So I'm going to explain it to you, but it's nutshell. Could you imagine like a nut cut in half, like the little nutshell? You throw it in the sea. What's going to happen to the nutshell? You know? It's just going to drown because there's waves and there's wind, and the little nutshell is like, you know? That's doubt. And then there's the cruise boat, you know? Like the big cruise boat that goes to the Caribbean. It's like this big cruise boat. There's like... And then there's a nutshell. Oh, no. I don't know what to do. What should I do? And then there's a cruise boat. I want you all to be cruise boats today. I know where I'm going. No one's standing in my way. And if I have to change just one bit my trajectory, it's going to take weeks. Just because, you know, it's a big thing to move. Yeah? Yeah? So it's like... You just, you know. Because most of the time, we are the nutshell, right? Oh, but what if, oh, but if, if it doesn't work, and if people judge me, and if people don't understand me, and oh, and then you're just like spiraling in the sea, okay? You see what I'm talking about. And this is biblical. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, Hmm? Victory belongs to those who have faith. Faith brings confidence. Faith comes from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us faith, and faith gives us confidence. Okay? So we're going to read in Mark eleven twenty three. It says, Truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt, in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Faith is the opposite of doubt. Faith is knowing it's going to happen. You just know it. You don't see it yet, but you know it. The same faith that we have for Jesus' return, has Jesus returned yet? But does it it prevent us from believing that Jesus is coming? It's the same. If you can believe that the Lord has lo- of good things for you, it's not only like, maybe one day, you know, maybe one day God will um, give me a husband. Oh, no, it's, God is better giving me a good husband by now. I know it, you know. I know it's for me, and I'm waiting for it, and I'm, I'm faithful. I've been, I've been personal with you. You should be personal with yourself. What What do you need to believe for this year? And I want you all to be like a big fleet of cruise boats. Everybody, get out of my way because this is where I'm going. Okay? And it says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and not doubt. When you don't have doubt in your life, you just believe it you just take it as a child will take it if the angel of the lord went to a 12 year old boy saying like you're going to lead israel to victory he'd be like yes okay where do we go when 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 can i start you know but then there's gideon like Ooh. you know you need faith will give you the possibility to dream big and know that the lord will if he gives you the If you can dream it, if God gives you the chance and the opportunity and the capacity to dream it, it, it's because he also has the capacity to bring it to life and to accomplish it. So I know that all of you this year, you you had dreams. You had moments where you said, oh, this is what I should do. Or moments where a prophet like John Steele prayed over you saying, this is what you're going to do. This is the gift that the Lord gives you. You know it. You have something. You all have dreams in your heart that comes from the Lord. I'm not talking about dreams from the flesh or like just, you know, worldly dreams of having a big house and a big car, you know, godly dreams. And if he gave you those dreams, like Joseph He's going to give you, maybe you have a long journey to get there, but you have to keep it in your heart. You're faithful. It says, like we just celebrated Christmas, and it says that Mary kept everything that the angel said and meditated. She kept it. She didn't say, oh, this is for a long time. This is for next year or 10 years from now. No, you can start today and never forget what the Lord gives you because it's going to harvest your faith and gives you this giving you the strength to continue. So know your God. Put your trust in him and stop doubting. So let me rephrase everything. Did it stop Gideon from eventually bring Israel to victory? No. He got there. Because he was convinced like you know the Lord made him the Lord made a way for him to be convinced because the Lord really wanted Gideon to get, you know, get on it. But knowing this, how how the story of Gideon would have been, would have looked like if he didn't doubt right away. If he didn't need signs all the time or if he just said, let's go Lord, I have an obedient heart, I'm ready, I'm following you, let's go. I'm pretty sure that the result would have been way more victorious. He had a victory, like he, he had his victory, eventually got, got there. But today, we don't know if we're going to have a victory in the end. We have our dreams, but we don't know if they're going to be accomplished. We just know that we're here today with these dreams, with these words from the Lord, with the Lord saying to us, I am with you, this is what I want you to do, I will be with you every step of the way, Emmanuel, God with us. And now I want to have the best heart. I want to have the best capacity to take the dreams that the Lord gives me and move forward with it. So today, and that that is bitterness, excuses, and doubt. So when you pray, you say, Jesus, I say no to bitterness in my life. When you see it, you know, just like coming like a a thought or something, you just say no. No. This is not how I want to think. This is not me. I'm I'm not a bitter person. I am just not. And you don't have excuses because excuses are fears. And we are told in the Bible not to live by fear and doubt. Well, we have the Holy Spirit to help us with that. We have faith. So there's so many ways to be pulled out. Oh, yes, I wanted to talk to you about this. Where is it? Oh, too late for that. It's okay. There's so many ways to be pulled um, from our past and making excuses and doubting. You know, because that's all from the past, you know. When you're looking at ways to be bitter or excuses, it's all in the past. It's not in your future. And I have this. Do I have it? I must have it somewhere. Oh, yes. Luke 9.62. I really want to end with this. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The plow is like something to work on your field, right? This is the thing that the Lord wants you to get a hold on it and work, you know? Imagine, okay, because it's like going in a straight line. I'm planting stuff. I'm not really good at gardening. But, you know, it's like, you know, there's like a big bee for some, you know. How is not beef? Beef is the meat. Like who's the, just a big, yeah, a big one, you know? And, you, and he's just like leading you, but you have to make sure, you have to make sure that your thing, like, yeah, thank you. Basically in a straight line. But what is it going to look like if you're always like this? The cow is going to drive you, you know? And you're not going to be able to sauce in straight lines, That's exactly, Jesus knew how to explain things, right? You can't put your hand to the plow, you know, and be ready to work and look look back all the time. So this is your word today. In order to be victorious, you need to look forward. Looking forward means no more excuses, no more bitterness, no more doubt. That you had time to think of it, now you said yes, so you go. So, being aware of these behaviors is the only way for you to start the year well. Because otherwise, it's like it comes into one year, it goes away, and then you're like, oh, oh, I'm wondering why I'm already in the month of July and I haven't seen the word come to pass yet. Yeah, but you've been six months, you know, just like thinking and being bitter and having excuses. It's not going to happen for you if you continue that way. And I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying if you're aware of it, it just cannot be a part of your life. You're just like, you see it coming, you're like, you know? So today I want us to have the time to say yes to the Lord. Because faith comes from the big yes, you know? The yes, Lord, I will do it. yes, Lord, you can, you can trust me. If the Lord asks you to do something, it's because he trusts you. He trusts you with his kingdom and with souls and with lives of people around you. He trusts you. Hmm? So saying yes to the Lord is also saying, yes, you can trust me this year. Lord, I will listen and you can trust that I will do the things you ask of me this year. So it's very simple today. As we're going to sing, um, if, if you feel that 2018 is, you know, you don't want to hear of it. You know, it's like it's finished and you want to start fresh in 2019. Or even if you had a good year in 2018, I like what Pastor Peter said about the daily bread. Yesterday's bread won't do for today. The good things that's happened to you this year won't do for the challenges ahead. You need fresh stuff, you need a new vision, you need a new anointing, you need f- new wine. Hmm? So today I'm just going to call you to come up front. If you if your desire is to say, Lord, you can trust me with, with what you have this year. You can trust me with what you want to want to say to me I say yes to you I leave all of the bitterness behind I leave the excuses behind and I run to you and I say yes to you this year I believe that you have the best year for me and I'm ready to take it so let's pray Lord we believe that you have the best for us we believe that what you, asks of, you ask of us comes from you you know us you know we can do it so lord we just want to let go of bitterness today we just want to let go of doubt and let go of excuses and finally do what you ask of us we believe that you have the best year for us 2019 is the year where you're going to see your promise come to come to life it's the year where you're going to see like the fruit of what you saw this year We say yes to you, Lord. We belong to you, Lord, today. We want to start the year with you. There's no other way. And this morning we want to believe that we are chosen. And if if you don't have a dream yet, believe that God has one for you to be ready to receive because it's coming for you.